Okay, Chuck Wilson, New Hope Community Church, and we got a wild one today. The Antichrist. Yes, the Antichrist, Revelation 13, 1 to 10. Ooh, now one of my favorite shows as a kid was Ultraman. It was on UHF. Remember that channel? Ultraman. He was this giant, I guess, was he a robot? Robot kind of a creature, giant guy with a silver cone head, remember? And, and, and he would lip sync the English. It was made in Japan. Would lip sync the English. And he was this, this giant guy with superpowers. You know, he could shoot out these flaming, circling wheels. And, and he would fight these monsters that invaded Japan. And we used to play Ultraman all the time. I was Ultraman or someone else was and monsters. We'd be fighting all the time. Oh, we drove my mom crazy. She'd get, get out of the house. Go outside and play this. You know, so loud. Well, we loved to play Ultraman. And the favorite, my, our favorite part was each week a different monster would come up out of the water. Another monster would come out, a scary monster. Sometimes it was Godzilla. Sometimes it was something else. Some other monster would come out. And it, and it was pretty scary, actually. Uh, finally, my mom, uh, our little sister was having nightmares, and my mom banned Ultraman from the house because she would, our little sister would wake up crying every night. Now, why wouldn't you just let her make sure she didn't watch it? We should have still been able to watch Ultraman. But anyhow... Uh, but that that was like that was like I just loved Ultraman. There was lots of scary monsters that came up out of that ocean to fight against Ultraman in Japan. But nothing compared to the monster that we're going to see today in Revelation thirteen. The monster we're gonna to see today is really scary coming up out of the sea. And there's actually two two monsters, two beasts coming out. The first one is a political monster, the Antichrist. The second one is a religious monster, the fault, his false prophet. We'll see that next time. We're just going to focus on the Antichrist today. Wild one, let's pray. Father, we just pray that we would be, pre we would be prepared. We'd be prepared for what's coming. We see the spirit of the Antichrist already at work in the world. We see... The world preparing to receive him and to reject the true Christ, Jesus, and receive this Antichrist. We see it happening everywhere right now, all over the world, including in our country, the USA today. Father, we pray that we as Christians would be prepared, wouldn't fall for the deception, that we would stand firm in Jesus Christ, the true Christ. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's read the first ten verses of 13. And the dragon stood on the shore of the sea. Remember that? We saw the dragon last time, Satan. And I saw a beast coming up out of the sea. He had ten horns and seven heads with ten crowns on his horns, and on each head a blasphemous name. The beast I saw resembled a leopard, but had feet like those of a bear and a mouth like that of a lion. The dragon gave the beast his power and his throne and great authority. One of the heads of the beast seemed to have had a fatal wound, but the fatal wound had been healed. The whole world was astonished and followed the beast. Men worshipped the dragon because he had given authority to the beast, and they also worshipped the beast and asked, Who is like the beast? Who can make war against him? The beast was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and to exercise his authority for 42 months. He opened his mouth to blaspheme God and to slander his name and his dwelling place and those who live in heaven. He was given power to make war against the saints and to conquer them. And he was given 
authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. All the inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast, all whose names have not been written in the book of life, belonging to the Lamb that was slain from the creation of the world. He who has an ear, let him hear. If anyone is to go into captivity, into captivity he will go. If anyone is to be killed with a sword, with a sword he will be killed. This calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of the saints. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. You will never forget this passage. You will never forget this. And I hope you don't. I hope you remember it as we head into the time of the tribulation, uh, as we get closer and closer to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Do not forget this. Uh, first of all, let's look at verses 1 to 2. It says, And the dragon stood on the shore of the, the sea, and I saw a beast coming out of the sea. He had ten horns and seven heads and ten crowns on his horns, and each head a blasphemous name. The beast I saw resembled a leopard, but it had the feet like those of a bear and the mouth like that of a lion. The dragon gave the beast his power and his throne and great authority. Woo! So we see the beast here, the beast. There's, this is the new world order controlled by the Antichrist. The Antichrist is controlling this beast. He's the little horn with a big mouth, right? We saw in Daniel. He, he, this is the new world order controlled by the Antichrist. Now, the word Antichrist is not in the Bible, uh, but it means against Christ or besides Christ. And so that's why the best way to describe this beast is Antichrist, going against Christ. He's this, this Superman, uh, demonically energized Superman. <clears throat> and it says he comes out of the sea, out of the sea. And we know biblically that when you hear this used in Daniel and Revelation, it's talking about the Mediterranean Sea. This is when our Daniel study begins to pay off. I don't know if you were able to listen to all the Daniel sermons, but this is where it pays off. We know what is going on here because of the book of Daniel. Uh, Daniel 8, we saw that this Antichrist, this, this, this beast uh, that goes against Jesus is has a Greek background, a Greek background. But we also saw in Daniel 9 that he was Roman also. He's also Roman. And then we also saw in Daniel 11 that he had Jewish heritage also, Greek, Roman, and Jewish heritage also. We see this. So be watching world leaders rising up uh, with that kind of a, of a heritage, that kind of a background. It says he's the, the beast here. The beast has seven heads, with names of blasphemy on them. Seven heads, with, they're blasphemous. Ten horns with ten crowns. We see that also. We're going to talk about that. Ten horns with ten crowns. We saw that in Daniel also. And also notice the leopard, the bear, and the lion. The leopard, the bear, and the lion, and then the beast. This is very interesting because this is reverse order from Daniel. Reverse order from Daniel. And Daniel was the lion, the bear, the leopard, and then the, the creature, this Godzilla-like creature, right? Uh, this is reverse order. Why? Because now we're looking back in history. In Daniel, they were looking forward. Uh, and it's going to culminate with this beast. Now we have the beast and we're looking backward, back in history now. All right, and it's all just, I hope you listen to Daniel, that, that whole section, and Daniel explains this very carefully. This monster that John sees here is Rome. We talked about that before, but and Daniel. But it's the revived Roman Empire. There was Rome and then there was a gap and now we see the revived Roman Empire. And notice something that he has cannibalized all the other ones. He has cannibalized the leopard, the bear, the lion, and, and he has cannibalized all the other evil empires and now they're just one creation, one creature coming together. There's seven heads, 
seven heads. We know from we're going to see when we get to Revelation 17, verse 10 talks about what these seven heads are. In verse 10, they are also seven kings. Five have fallen, one is, and the other is not yet to come. But when he does come, he must remain for a little while. So there's there's five at the time here. There was five Roman emperors that John is talking about that were dead. Domitian is the king at John's time, and then the future seventh culmination, the gap, the seventh culmination is the Antichrist. So the seventh head is the Antichrist. He's going to rule over the ten kings of the revived Roman Empire. Think Lord of the Rings, the Nazgul's. Uh, the, there were nine there. But you know, that's the, uh, the idea is there's going to be ten zones, ten kingdoms. We keep talking about that. Whenever you see ten zones set up with ten different rulers, uh, the United States could very well be one of those zones. We, we, we're very, very likely, unless we're neutralized. Uh, the, the, there's these, these ten zones and the, the, the seventh head, the Antichrist, is going to rule over these ten zones. The European Union is already being set up for this. It's all being set up. The European Union, the revived Roman Empire, is already laying the groundwork for this very thing. Verse 3. <clears throat> Verse 3. Back to Revelation 13, where it says... One of the heads of the beast seemed to have a, had a fatal wound, but the fatal wound had been healed. The whole world was astonished, and they followed the beast. Did we see a counterfeit resurrection here of the Antichrist? In fact, in, uh, let's see here, uh, where am I? Um, verse 12, verse 12, uh, going, we're going to see that next time. In verse 12, where it says, Sorry, my eyes are still not right. Oh, okay, here we go. Verse 12. This is what the false prophet's going to do. He exercised all the authority of the first beast on his behalf and made the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose fatal wound had been healed. So we see a counterfeit resurrection here. The Antichrist is going to be wounded. He's going to die. He's going to be resurrected with Satan's power this time. He's going to be, and, and everybody's going to worship him. This Satan-inspired world leader is assassinated sometime in the middle of the tribulation. The same time that Satan is thrown from heaven, we saw that in, in chapter 12, Satan is thrown from heaven in the middle of the tribulation, his last cast out, cast down permanent one, and at the same time the Antichrist is assassinated, this world leader is assassinated, but we're going to see that God God allows Satan to possess this murdered, assassinated world leader and resurrect him. God's going to allow this because it's part of allowing the delusion. It's part of hardening the hearts of those who have rejected Jesus Christ. And now this resurrected world leader is actually Satan in the flesh, worse than demon possession. He's not just some demon. He actually has the head of the demons, just the demon, but the head of the demon, Satan, is going to possess him. You, you see these horror movies where there's possessions. This is a reality. The devil takes over this, this guy's body and he's going to take over the entire planet. This is a true horror. He's going to take over this horror movie. It's, he's going to take over the, the Antichrist's body and the whole planet. You think the planet Earth is bad now? You just wait till Satan is running the show through his Antichrist. And we see the result of his resurrection in verse 4. We see the result of the resurrection in verse 4, this counterfeit resurrection, where it says, Men worship the dragon because he had given authority to the beast. And they also worship the beast and ask, Who is like the beast? Who can make war against him? They're worshiping the Antichrist and Satan through him. That's what the world is doing. Uh, they, they're 
worshiping the Antichrist. What a guy. But really, in reality, they're worshiping the person energizing him, and that is Satan. Satan was just thrown from heaven the first time, and just finally this time, he's thrown from heaven for wanting to be worshipped like God. He wanted to be like God. Not above God. He couldn't go any higher. But he wanted to be like God. And now he gets his wish on the planet Earth. He can't get it in heaven, so he's going to be worshipped on Earth. It's interesting that this guy demands to be worshipped, as we're going to see. Wait till we see. He demands to be worshipped. Uh, the Roman emperors demanded to be worshipped. You had to offer a sacrifice to them as a deity. And now we see the, the culmination of these Roman emperors. We see the culmination, the seventh one, the completion of these Roman empires, he demands to be worshipped as God. Not just as a God, though. We're going to see he demands to be worshipped as the God, as we're going to see. Alright, so verses 5 and 6. 5 and 6, we see it gets heat hotter. The beast was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and to exercise his authority for 42 months. He opened his mouth to blaspheme God and to slander his name and his dwelling place and those who live in the heaven. He does not like God. He does not like Christianity. He's going to blaspheme. Blaspheme. Can you imagine that happening? Huh? Yeah. Okay. Uh, very easy to see a political person doing that, even in the United States or worldwide. Very easy to see this happen, right? He's going to blaspheme God for three and a half years. This is the second part of the tribulation, the second half of the tribulation. He says, I am, the Antichrist is going to say, I am the Messiah. I am the true Christ, the true, true Messiah, the true Christ. We'll see later he sets up his image in the temple and demands to be worshipped on pain of death. Also demands people get the mark of the beast. Uh, we're going to see that next sermon, the second half of Revelation 13. Jesus was rejected. Jesus was rejected because he claimed to be the divine Messiah. But this time, the Antichrist is going to be accepted accepted by those who did not receive Jesus Christ. In fact, Jesus talks about this very thing. You, re, you, re, you don't accept me, the true Son of God, but you're going to accept some fake guy. John 5, verse 43. Jesus said, I have come in my Father's name and you do not accept me. But if someone else comes in his own name, you will accept him. Jesus is warning the apostate Jewish leaders, not all of them, but the, the apostate Jewish religious leaders that were trying to crucify him. He's saying, he prophetically saying, you're going to reject me, but you're going to accept the false guy and you're going to pay for that then. Oh, that's not going to be, we see it all being set up today. We see this whole thing being set up today. Religious tolerance, which is good. We should tolerate different religions. You know, we shouldn't, you know, burn people at the stake, you know. Uh, we should, uh, we should t have religious tolerance, but it's evolving. That religious tolerance, which is a, okay, a good thing in a sense. It's evolving into all gods are the same. Tolerate everybody because all gods are the same. That's a bad thing. A bad thing. The only ones who get left out are true Christians. The true Christians. Those who have really put their faith in Jesus Christ and know he is the only way, the, the way, the, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. But we are the only ones left out because, Je because Jesus claims to be the only Son of God. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. How intolerant. How intolerant. So because we're intolerant, they will not tolerate us. 
Oh, I love the tolerance police. I love the tolerance people, the tolerance mob. You know, you know, they claim to be tolerant, except for Christians. We won't tolerate you because you're intolerant. That's how they justify their intolerance. Insanity, delusional. And, and so the Antichrist is going to take, take advantage of their delusion. He's going to say, yes, all gods are the same. We all gods are the same. And I am that one God. Woo, wait till you see, and he will not tolerate anyone who will not accept him as the one true God. He won't tolerate anyone, and that will mean the faithful Christians and faithful Jews are going to be in the crosshairs of Satan. Wait till we see what it says here. <clears throat> well, let's, let's look at verse 7. Uh, verse 7, he was given power to make war against the saints, those the Christians, against the saints, and to make war against... Uh, and to conquer them. He was given authority over every tribe and people, language and nation. He's going to do two things. Two things. War on the saints and total world control. War on the saints, the Christians, and total world control. He becomes a worldwide dictator with a one world government and a one world economy and a one world religion. Does any of this sound like familiar? Do we see it happening? Yes. Obviously, look what COVID has done to accelerate this. And now because we have all this one world, we're going to need one ruler, one, one dictator, one to run the whole thing. And that's what the whole world, we see it be, being set up for this right now. In fact, years ago, I think it was in the 1970s, if I remember right, there was a, I'm just going to read you the quote here. Uh, it says, uh, Henry Spock, Henry Spock, he was a spokesman for the Society of Worldwide Inter, Worldwide Interbank Financial Telecommunications, SWIFT, in Brussels, Belgium. I'm just going to read you this. The headquarters for the common market, all Europe, EU. This is what led to the European Union. He was all part of that. He made a profound statement relevant to that organization's goals and operations years ago. This is what he said. This was in the 70s. This was all the precursor to the European Union, one world government, one world economy. And, and when things, things are such a mess, and this is what he says. He's ahead of this. He says, we do not want another committee. We already have too many already. What we want is a man of sufficient stature to hold the allegiance of the people and lift us out of the economic morass into which we are sinking. Send us such a man. And be he God or be he devil, we will accept him. Send us such a man and be he God or be he devil, we will accept him. Prophetic statement. Prophetic statement. It's exactly what we see happening now. That is crazy. Uh, It's crazy. This has been being prepared for years, for years. In fact, the New Age movement has prepared this. This whole New Age movement, which is based on an old lie, the lies of Satan and the the serpent, uh, old, old lies. Uh, New Age, uh, the, the book, The New Age Nightmare, which came out in 1989. I just ate that book up. Guy became a Christian after coming out of the New Age movement. And he talked about how they were channeling messages. They would channel messages. They're really talking to demons, but they don't know that. They think they're talking to aliens or something. And they're channeling messages. And the messages kept coming back. There's going to be a golden age of oneness. There's going to be heaven on earth. And the whole, every, peoples are going to be one. And then, the, then they talk to UFOs and aliens, which were demons, once again, just chant, you know, talking to demons, that aliens would keep giving these messages to prepare for a one world government. 
Satan has been setting this up, got the new age going, you know, the new age is permeating our culture, it's all being set up. And then this, this guy not only becomes a worldwide dictator in verse 7, but he attacks Christianity. He probably blames Christians for his assassination attempt. He probably pins the assassination attempt on, on the haters, on the Christians. You, you can't, and you can't tolerate the intolerant. And he probably somehow uses that to turn the world on the Christians. Can we see that happening? Oh yeah. Look what's happening in the USA today just with COVID. And, and now churches are the bad, Christians are the bad guys and churches are dangerous. Not casinos, they can be open. Not, not the, the riots. Oh, I meant, I meant the protests which happen to go into stores and loot stores and, and any, and burn buildings and, and, you know, you know shoot people. Uh, oh, uh, protests. Protests, not riots. Uh, look, they're okay. Masses of people out on the streets, you know, masked out there. And then they wonder why COVID is spreading, you know, uh, out there. Why is, why is there an uptick in COVID? Can't be because of the, the, the mass riots and, and protests out there. No, can't be. That has to be the churches. The churches. Close the churches. Unbelievable. In New York City, I can't remember what it was. Cuomo or de Blasio, one of them said, yeah, we're going to close the churches. We're not stopping the protests. Oh, no, this is historical. This has to go on. But we're closing the churches because we don't want COVID to spread. Really? If we're worried about COVID spreading, you think they'd close both things, right? No, no, there's an agenda. We see this agenda that, that churches are dangerous. They're, they're walling off churches. One church in Canada, they walled off. Uh, it, it's Crazy. Thank God for the Supreme Court right now uh, before it expands. <laughs> uh, you know, because it's knocked down California's lies, you know, Newsom's, you know, overreach and, and what the way he tried to really persecute churches. Let everything else, let, he let the, you know, he let other things go, but he, he treated churches differently and they, he's been knocked back on his heels several times by the Supreme Court. But that is what is coming. There's an anti-Christian bias. It's setting up for the Antichrist. The spirit of the Antichrist is setting this up. Christians are going to be attacked here. And the, and the, but the worldwide, the world will be deceived. The world's going to be deceived during this time. Everyone's going to be deceived except for one group. One group, verse 8. One group, verse 8, where it says, All inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast. All inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast. Going to worship the Antichrist here. All whose names have not been written in the book of life, belonging to the Lamb that was slain from the creation of the world. Anyone whose name is not written in the Lamb's book of life will worship the beast. The only ones who are protected are they put their faith in Jesus Christ. The moment you say, God, I believe Jesus died for my sin. I ask you to forgive me. I repent and ask you to forgive me because I'm putting my faith in Jesus. The moment you do that, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life in heaven and you that you have eternal life at that, at that very second and that is your only protection from the demonic delusion that is coming on this world that is already here. It's your only protection now. It's the only protection is when it comes here. The only protection for this deception is faith in Jesus Christ. For Christians, it's already today. That is our only protection today. The word 
word, being in God's word and the Holy Spirit in us is the only protection from the deception of this world, the deception of sin, the deception of Satan right now. And we better be aware of this battle because it's here now. It's starting now. It's not going to start in the last seven years. It's starting now. There's a spiritual battle. We better be aware. We better be wearing our, we better be aware and wearing our spiritual armor or we will be taken captive by satan to do his will as it says in in god's word you can still as christians still be taken captive and i see so many christians today conform to the world having a uh, not having a biblical world view i'm seeing many people in in church in churches in in our around here in in the public eye celebrities and and politicians i'm seeing many who we thought were christians who we thought were true christians but they're being exposed they're being, we're seeing that either they're not a christian or if they are the very best you can say is they're completely conformed to this world they're carnal worldly Christians, this is what has happened, and, and, and we're, I believe we're going to see many people who we thought were Christians at this time will take the mark of the beast. We'll take the mark of the beast. Verse 18, we're going to see that. That's going to, that's going to, it's going to expose who the true Christians are when they won't take the mark. And also, anybody who says they're a Christian, they take that mark, doomed for eternity. No chance of ever getting out of hell doomed. That's what the Bible, we're going to see it. The Bible teaches us very clearly. Don't take the mark. A lot of people are going to say, well, if you really are loving and you care about your neighbors, you're going to take this tattoo. You're going to stay in your houses and and take this tattoo. Uh, I'm not going to go any further. But you see it being set up. We see this peer pressure. We see this delusional pressure setting up for, and I'm not saying taking a vaccination is the mark of the beast. I do have some issues with it because of the abortion technology. That's what I have a real big problem with the vaccination. Uh, but, and, and all of them are using it, which it, they don't need to. They don't need to use it. This, this vaccination is, is abortion technology. Um, and it, 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 I'm just going to say there are consequences. There are consequences. And, and they can come up with a vaccine without it. I'm not anti-vax. I'm anti-vaccines that use abortion technology. And there's kids' vaccines that do the same thing. We're not going to use them. As we're discovering who's using what, we're not going to use them. We're not anti-vaxxer. They can come up with something else. They can do it. But so many have, have just taken this vaccine with the abortion technology, not being discerning, not being discerning. And, and I just believe it's softening up this world and even many in the church, softening us up for the time when there's going to be a pressure to take a tattoo, to take the 666, to take 666, to take the mark of the beast. It's all setting us up. And listen, you better, you, you, okay, fine, you take that vaccine, but you better not take the mark of the beast. You better not take it. I don't care what they say because you're not going to be able to buy or sell without it. You're not going to be able to go to the doctor. You're not going to be able to do anything. You better be prepared to take your stand. To take your stand. Don't, don't let the, what just happened with the COVID and, and the masks and the, and the vaccinations and the, and the shutting us up and all that. Don't let that translate to taking the mark of the beast. Let it be a warning. Let it be a warning to us what is going to happen someday. 
All right, I've said enough about that. Um, sure, I offended a few people, but making you think. That's all I want to do. Make you think. Make you be prepared, okay? Look at verses 9 and 10. Look what Jesus will use to expose the fakes. The fakes. Those who say they're Christian but aren't. Verse 9. He who has an ear, let him hear. If anyone is to go into captivity, into captivity he will go. If anyone is to be killed with a sword, with a sword he will be killed. This calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of the saints. Wow. Memorize it. Memorize Revelation 13, 9 and 10. Memorize those verses. Memorize them. If you don't have anything else to memorize it, memorize it. Look what Jesus will use to expose the fakes. He warns those who are true Christians that intense persecution is coming. And there's a purpose. He's testing us as Christians during this time. He is refining us. He is going to be sifting us. Sifting us. He's going to divide the wheat from the weeds. And it's already started. Whether whether we the church misses this part because we've been raptured or whether we get to this point and then we're raptured or whether we go through the whole thing, there's still going to be persecution, intense persecution. God is using that right now. Little stuff in the USA. Little pressure. Oh, you have to believe that homosexuality is okay. And if you don't believe that, you're intolerant. And Christians are collapsing everywhere. Christian leaders and musicians and, and famous singers are, are collapsing everywhere over this issue. It's unbelievable. You know, Carrie Underwood got this big gospel album out. Everybody's, oh, she's a great Christian singer. She affirms homosexuality. What if she was affirming premarital sex? What if she was affirming, you know, adultery? What if she was affirming, you know, pedophilia? You know, would you still listen to her? Would she still be called a Christian singer? No. Why does she get a pass with homosexuality? Lauren Dangle, same thing. Unbelievable. And we're seeing these people, these celebrities. We're seeing these pastors. We're seeing people that we bought their books and used their Bible studies collapsing on this issue because they're afraid they don't want to be... They're, they're, some people say something mean about them. Oh, oh you don't think homosexuality is... It's okay to be homosexual? Oh, you're mean. You're a bad person. Oh, my. We can't let someone say something bad about us. We don't want anybody to be angry with us. Oh, no. How about God being angry with us? How about his opinion? What matters more? And this is nothing. This is just a position in homosexuality that God is using to separate the wheat from the weeds. It's nothing. Wait till they're putting people in jail. Canada's already doing it. What if they're, what if, and they're bringing it here? I've got people talk, threatening me all the time. You're going to go to jail pretty soon, you, you pastor chuck guy. You know, you can't say these things you're saying about homosexuality. You can't say that. It's going to be, you're going to be put in jail for hate crimes for preaching what the Bible says. And you know what? What's going to happen when that happens? How many are going to take a stand? Nine out of ten evangelical pastors believe the Bible speaks to all these issues I'm talking about. But only one in ten preaches it. Because they're afraid. We're going to stand before God someday and say, why is your old church collapsed? Why is your, why did only half your church get to heaven? Why did half your church take the mark of the beast? Because you were afraid. You feared man and not God. You didn't preach the whole word. You were not innocent of the blood of all men because you did not preach the whole word, the full gospel of Jesus Christ. Whew. 
there's going to be, it's going to be, we're seeing the dividing right now. We're seeing God expose the fakes. And when the real persecution comes, it's going to really happen. There's going to be really a sifting. We better be ready. He's going to divide the wheat from the weeds. And there's a lot of weeds in the church of Jesus Christ. He says here in verses 9 and 10, He who has an ear, let him listen. Really important. This is the only time that this is used in the, in, uh, the Revelation outside of the seven letters to the seven churches. This is the only time he's saying this is really important. Listen to this. Pay attention. Persecution is starting now. Come time for the, 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 uh, the tribulation, it's going to intensify. Read Voice of the Martyrs. Read uh, Open Door Ministries. Uh, re- read these and, and see what's happening. But the culmination is going to hit its peak. It's going to hit here halfway through the tribulation under the Antichrist. And the last three and a half years are going to be hell on earth. Literally hell on earth. There's going to be intense persecution. He's going he's gonna to think he's winning because he's been given power over the saints. God has allowed this to refine his church. He's allowed it to sift. He's allowed it. He thinks he's winning, but he's really losing because every time a saint is killed for his faith, that is really a defeat for Satan. Every time a saint, a saint is beheaded, every time a saint is burned at the stake, every time a saint is murdered by a mob, every time that happens, that is a defeat for Satan. Revelation 12. Remember last time we, we saw in Revelation 12 verse 11. It says this. They overcame. I'm talking about overcoming Satan. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. We overcome Satan by the blood of Jesus Christ. By the word of our testimony and, and by dying for Jesus Christ. That is victory. It's not losing. It's winning. It's showing Satan he has no power over us. It's showing Satan that we believe we're going to spend eternity with Jesus Christ in heaven someday. It's victory. We have victory in death because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We just had Resurrection Sunday recently. Do we Christians, as Christians, do we have that perspective? Do we realize that each trial is temporary? Do we realize that God has already guaranteed us victory as we face His persecution? Are we staying close to Jesus Christ? Are we? Is there any deception in this world? I just use one issue that that Satan uses: homosexuality. I use one issue, but there's abortion. There's a, a ton of things. A ton of things. Those are the two tips of the iceberg. Those are just two lightning rods. It's way deeper than that. If we can't get those two right the whole bottom foundation is rotten all right and that's what it shows that's what it exposes and when people when i see them collapsing on those two lightning rod issues i know the whole base is, is foundation is rotten to the core i know it but but have we given into any deception is there any deception we've given into with sin with satan with the world have we given into any deception how about you have you put your faith in Jesus Christ. Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? That is your only hope for eternity. That is your only protection in this life and the life to come. That is your only protection as we come into the time of the tribulation with the Antichrist and, the, and him hypnotizing the world and deceiving the world and brainwashing the world. That is your only protection is putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Not being religious, not jumping through religious hoops, not following religious rituals, not working your way into heaven. No, no. The only protection is putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Christ and having your name written in the Lamb's book of life by because your name your faith is in Jesus Christ. John three sixteen tells us how our name is written in the book of life. It says, For God so loved 
the world. That he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Have you ever believed in Jesus Christ? His death on the cross for you. His resurrection from the dead to give you a new life. Have you ever put your faith in Jesus? Let's pray. Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? If not, you are in danger now and you are facing eternity in hell. You are in danger of being brainwashed by this world now, by being, you're in danger of when the, the Antichrist gets here, bodily gets here, and he may already be alive on this planet. You are in danger of him completely controlling you and controlling your destiny. He wants you in hell where he knows he's going to be. He knows it. He wants you there. You have one chance here on this earth breaking free of the deception, the lies here on this earth and and, 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 and in heaven someday you have one chance of getting there and that is by putting your faith in Jesus Christ, having your name written in the Lamb's book of life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You can believe in Jesus right now. There's nothing you have to do. It's a prayer of faith. It's putting your faith, repenting of your old life and your sin and the garbage and rebellion, repenting of the shame, repenting and putting your faith in Jesus Christ. That's it. It's trusting Jesus. You can do that now, wherever you are, wherever you're hearing this or watching this, wherever you are. You can have your name written in the Lamb's book of life in heaven guaranteeing your life and with, with Jesus forever, starting this very second, going out through all of eternity, you can do that now. The simple but powerful prayer of faith. God, I put my faith in Jesus. Your one and only Son, who died on the cross for me, for my sin. I repent of that sin. I ask you to forgive me for that sin because I'm putting my faith in Jesus. I give my life to Him. And while we're praying about that, as Christians, those who are already Christians, how have you been deceived? Is everything, have you taken every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ Jesus? Every temptation, every attitude, every teaching, every lie of the world, everything that they're throwing at us on the TV or the internet or computers or are we phone? Are, are we, first of all, we probably should be shutting most of that off, but whatever's coming our way, are we, are we screening it? Are we taking every, Captive every thought, making obedient to Christ. How have you been deceived? How have you let fear of man mold you into the world's mold, conform you into the world? Would your prayer this today say, God, please transform me. Transform me through your word and through your Holy Spirit, through the power of Jesus Christ.
my mind and my heart. Prepare me for what's coming. For what is here now. Prepare me to take a stand for Jesus Christ. To be found faithful. Faithful. Father, I pray that every person who's hearing this would put their faith in you and would live by that faith and would 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 break free of Satan's lies and deception and delusion. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, you just prayed that prayer of faith, something crazy has happened to you. Something awesome has happened to you. Your, your sins have been forgiven. The Spirit of Jesus Christ is actually living inside of you and you are going to see things you never saw before. You're going to see the, the, the lies of the world coming at you now. You're going to see it and you're going to grab it and give it to Jesus Christ. Say, I'm not going to buy that anymore. You're going to be convicted of, of sin, things that you used to do and used to enjoy. You're going to be miserable in them now. They're not going to satisfy you anymore. You're going you're gonna, to you're, you're gonna see things and be convicted of things. And that's because God is going to make you like Jesus Christ, holy like his son Jesus Christ. He's going to transform you. He doesn't want you to conform to the world. He's going to transform you. Transform you. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's what he's going to do. If you have put your faith in Christ today, or if you have a battle you're fighting with, with, uh, with, with the world and you need some encouragement... Tell somebody. Find a good, strong Christian, a good Bible study, a good church. And if you don't have anybody you can tell, then email me, Chuck Wilson. I'm at nhcc at comcast.net. And I will encourage you. I will help you get connected. I will be excited for you. I will help you find what you need to, to grow spiritually or a connection you need or a Christian counselor or a Bible study or church. I will help you. So let me know, okay? All right, God bless. Put on your seatbelts for the second part. We're only halfway through this one. We went through the Antichrist, and now we're going to see the false prophet, the second beast, next time, okay? God bless.